building that no doubt will fall. But when we build with you and you are the master builder, we can come again and build on a rock and it will be sure and it will be certain. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I pray an operating of your spirit, the anointing of the eyes to see, to bring an alignment in my own life in building, Father, where there's spiritual alignment and steadfastness that comes because you are the rock, the cornerstone that I've built upon, and that you're glorified in the house, that you're glorified through the building. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Bishop. Praise God. Could be that, could be that one had his focus on the structure rather than the foundation. Of course, the structure is what's above the ground. The structure is what everybody sees. And the unseen is what's below. And that was what made all the difference. Praise God. Thank you for that. That's just beautiful. Sixteen years old was a hard time for me. I got my driver's license, a little bit of liberty, had a job, worked for my grandpa. They let me use one of their brand new vehicles. A little Chevy Love pickup truck. Now, never mind that part. It was gutless. We called it Baby Do Yellow. It was ugly. But it was mine to drive. And I drove it to school and I took and delivered milk before school. I delivered milk after school and I was making money. And then my parents had other ideas. They went out and bought this farm up the road here. And they decided all the kids should be involved out at the farm every day after school. So after I did my milk run, I had to immediately drive out to the farm. And there were projects and jobs. And the one major one was we were digging a basement under the house. The house was already there. We started in the living room floor and started digging with a hatchet. It was sandstone. It took three months. It was one of the most irritating times of my life. I had uh, bought a motorcycle, and I wanted to ride it. It was a dirt bike. And I had just got it. But yet there was this, you know, we, we got to go to the farm. You got to come to the farm. Now, you have to understand something. This is the second time around for my mother and stepfather. They'd been married. They'd gotten divorced. And they got married again. And so now they're trying to adjust all of these dynamics of who's the leader and who should be listening to who. And so in order for this to work out the second time through, you know, the kids were going to have to listen to the stepfather. And whatever he said went. And uh, up to that point, he'd never been a father. It was an interesting time of life, and it was very difficult and very challenging, and I kind of hated it. 
especially when this farm thing came about, and I couldn't ride my bike. I, I couldn't do anything, you know, my own time, and I was 16. That's a tough time, you know. You're, you're in the house, but you're kind of on your way out of the house. You're under parental supervision, but you're kind of heading into adulthood. Let me live on my own. Leave me alone. But I wasn't there yet. And uh, ended up in a big verbal brawl one morning in the kitchen. And I, I had reached my limit, and I said, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm going to live with Dad. Dad lived in New Jersey. And I went. Funny thing was they turned to one of my other brothers and said, what do you want to do? He said, I'm going too. Anyway, you know, it, it was kind of like, I'm going to have a fresh start. Let me, let me give you some background. 16 years old, sophomore year, I think that's geometry. I made it through geometry, side angle, side, and, you know, all these configurations of learning to measure. Do you know what follows geometry? Algebra. And I wasn't getting it at all. And so when I got to New Jersey, you know, when I thought everything was going to be a fresh start, a, a new beginning, all of the education was advanced. And so I was already behind, and I was only heading further behind. I can't tell you the weight. I, I still have, you know, if I think about it long enough, I get these creepy feelings that come over me of depression. I was so far behind. I had to get tutors, and they couldn't help me. I, you know, there were pieces back here that if you didn't get these pieces... Forget about Algebra 2. And now I was being pushed into Algebra 2, and they're saying, come on, come on. You know, they just push age-related. You're old enough. Now you go to junior year, now, and then to senior year, and, you know. And so I'm failing. And then you've got to have four years of English back there. And I wasn't doing so good with that. Anyway, I was in trouble. And I, I never forgot the weight, the mounting weight and the lingering. It was like it was my past was haunting me because I didn't get things right back here. It was just costing me grief and pain and depression into the future. You know how you deal with depression? Budweiser. Lots of it. And so that's the direction my life was headed. Now, it got so far, I remember a phone call from my mother. She said, son, why don't you come back? I can't. She said, I'll get on a plane tomorrow, and I'll come and get you. She flew to New Jersey. I had bought an old pickup truck. That's another story in itself. She, on her credit card, put two front tires on it. There was no thermostat. There was no radio. There was no seat cover. 
Somebody gave us a horse blanket, and we threw it over the springs. And we drove 3,000 miles. You only need to do that one time in your life. Now, thank God for Mom. She came, got me. I came back, and I never forgot the feeling of driving back into the Yakima Valley. Then it really felt like a new beginning, a fresh start, a chance to go back and maybe redo some things. You know, go look at that foundation. Rebuild the house. Start again. It, it was a shipwreck. It was already a shipwreck. There was no repairing all that. <laughs> had to start over. And I did. And I started at the bottom in a lot of ways, areas of my life. And it was through the process of time that God began to lead me and coordinate my steps that brought me to a house of God and to people of God and to an experience in a relationship when he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, Elder already referenced a new start, a, a new house, a new building. God is able at any junction, at any time. When you're ready, he's ready. When you give the nod, when you call on his name, he says, I'm hearing you. I'm waiting on you. I've been here. Now, come on, let's go. Together, you and I. I feel a sense of this here tonight. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to read from Exodus here in a minute. But I want, I want to tell you something. Sunday, I ministered in Puyallup in the morning and in Kent in the afternoon. And there was something so familiar that came over me in Kent. Elder, were you there in Puyallup when we rebuilt the altar on the hill? So, so I, we couldn't have been there that, that long, had we? Okay. We went into this building when we went to Puyallup to pastor. And this altar thing, it was, it was like, you know, it went around a piano and it went around something else. And it, it just had this weird structure to it. It was bugging me to no end. And so I said, we got to do something about this. And really, there's no real place to kneel here. This thing ought to be going from one side of the building to the other side of the building, the altar. And so we did this little construction project. And we recarpeted it. And we were done. It wasn't a big deal. It was just construction. But we had constructed reconstructed the altar. It was, I believe, the very next service. I was sitting over against the wall. There was a brother, I think he was receiving the offering or something. But he made a comment. And when he made a comment, there was a witness of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, there was something that passed by me. And I it passed by me, and it was like it touched my ear, brushed my head. It was that tangible. What? And all of a sudden, the man that was leading, he entered into a worship and a, and a praise, 
And there was something, an anointing that came into that place. And it set something in motion that had either become dormant or it was the entering into a new time. And it was, it was very symbolic because we didn't have deep prayer back then. But it was the establishing of a, a direction, okay? Now, I'm going to advance forward just a few months because I believe it was just beyond the year mark. Was it a year or two years? Anyway, opportunity came. There was a building downtown. We entered into a purchase agreement. We bought it. It was the very same week that I was leaving to go to a prayer and fasting meeting back in Maryland. Okay. And so when I left, there were four men. I said, listen, there were five reading rooms. Okay. This, the people that use this building. There were reading rooms and a bathroom. All across the front. And it had this really funky altar thing with uh, fences and everything. And I said, do away with all that. Take that all down. Tear those walls out. Open that up. And let's build, you know, a platform and an altar and all that. It was construction. It needed to happen. But it was the very week that when we returned home, there was such a visitation of God that came to us there as a body of believers I don't know if it means as much to us, but a restart means a whole lot to him. A restart. That, and now, now, this foundation thing, this is critical. Because what it means is you don't just start the same thing over. You start building on a different basis. You don't do it the same way. You do it different this time. Let me tell you something. Sometimes our failures are the results of us contending to do it our way. Even when the word of God has come to instruct us and we are disobedient to the word, it puts our house on sand, our disobedience. So that when direction from the word of God, the ministry of his spirit, gives specific leading and direction for our lives. And we, uh, we resist, we balk, we, you know, maybe if somebody else would have said it. This is a different time. This is a different structure. And now we're not talking about the building. There are times when, when you, you and I have to understand and recognize God is giving us a moment. He's not just giving us a chance. He's letting us know this is the time. It's like Jesus at the pool of Bethesda and the man waiting as he had for year after year after year. It was time. 
Okay. Exodus chapter 11. At verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Now, that word wonders wasn't he was going to do a lot of great things for a lot of people. He was going to manifest himself in great power, and he was going to do this against the gods of the Egyptians. And he was using this as an occasion. In other words, when you go and ask, let my people go, Pharaoh's going to say, no way. And I'm going to use this. Every time he says no, I'm going to take occasion against the gods of the Egyptians. Okay? And so he's sharing this in conversation now. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. 400 years, 400 years, Israel had been enslaved to the people of Egypt and to Pharaoh in particular. That's several generations, you realize. That means there were those that went into Egypt because of their own disobedience, their own lack of faith, their their own unwillingness to follow the ways of God. But yet there were generations to follow that would remain enslaved in Egypt, not because of their own disobedience, but because of things that had gone on in their own household. Parents, grandparents, 400 years. But now we come to a juncture because God's now going to bring a change. He's going to do a do-over. He's going to do a restart. He's going to rebuild something. And he's giving direction. Now, let's go into chapter 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, Listen to me. This month shall be unto you... The beginning of months. I don't care if it's May for some people. I don't care if it's July or August for you. It's January. Or for you, it's the first month. It's the beginning of months. As far as I'm concerned, I'm marking time from now forward. I don't care what your past says. I don't care what went on before. I don't care about the disobedience of previous generations. This is a new beginning. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, 
a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. This lamb experience for you and what it's going to bring to you can possibly also affect your neighbor, your neighborhood. You don't realize what the, the, the weight that is on upon this tonight, that what God intends to do in a new work in you, it's not just about you. If the, verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep and from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head, his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loin. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, with your staff in your hand, you know, keys to the car, hold on to them in one hand, fork in the other hand. Change is this imminent, and it's coming tonight. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we've lived all our lives this way. What do you mean? How can, how can so much change come all just in a moment? When he says, it's time, it's time, and there's nothing on the planet that can stop that. If God be for us, then who can be against us? What does it matter? When we come into alignment and agreement with his calling upon our life, that's all that matters. He takes care of the rest. Step this way. Step this way. Walk with me. Let me give you. Let me strengthen you. Let me embolden you. Let me deliver you. I can help you like nothing else in this world. Telling you for somebody here tonight. Oh, if you could only know. There were 600,000 men that that night, eating the lamb, taking the blood from the lamb, striking it upon the doorpost of the house. I find it interesting. 
600,000 men plus women and children. Likely well over a million people. Talk about an impossible task. It's a good thing they didn't have cars. Because it would limit them to the roads. Pray with me. Come on, let's pray. Speak to us tonight, Lord. Let us walk in agreement with you, Father. It's your bidding, it's your calling, Jesus, that my action with you tonight would affect my neighbors, that it would affect my own house, those in my house, generations to come, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's a lot riding on this. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Verse 11, and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. Hurry up. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Chaos may happen all around the land, but the blood upon your doorpost, the blood applied to your house, it's a place of peace. It's a place of safety. It's a place of covering. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. I was prompted to a place in Scripture in the book of Acts, probably the 16th chapter, the story of Paul and Silas going to Philippi eventually. And it was there that they cast a demon out of a young lady who was being used by spirit of divination. And the social scene used it as cause to have them arrested. And thrown in prison. They were victims of their own ministry. And so in prison. 
not knowing where this was all headed, but it was out of their control. They were just there spending time. They began to sing, the Bible says. But a, a, an earthquake just happened to pass through town. Or the hand of God had reached down to the very foundations of that prison and shook it. I mean, even a good earthquake won't open all the doors. Right? But all the doors were open, all the chains come off. And the jailer, wondering what, I think Elder Hart ministered on this last week. But he, you know, he said, man, I better, you know, he's going to kill himself because it was his life for theirs if they escaped. And Paul stopped him. But in this, in their dialogue, this is what came to me tonight. They began to communicate to them, to him. And he asked, what, what must I do to be saved? And their response was, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and thou shalt be saved. It was unction of the Holy Ghost, and thy house. In other words, whatever direction you you take here tonight, if you'll follow the heeding of the Holy Ghost, if you will be obedient to the Word. It will not only affect you, this will affect your home. And we're not talking about the structure there either. How significant a decision, a choice of direction of saying, yes, Lord, that could affect others. Well, they're not, they're not here. Come on, let's pray one more time. We're praying for brothers and sisters. We're praying for moms and dads. We're praying for cousins. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help me, Father. Let me follow your leading, your guiding. In the name of Jesus, I'm saying, yes, Lord. I'm saying, yes, Lord. I'm saying, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, many of us sit here tonight because of a decision our own parents made. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your will, your purpose, Father. Come on, are you ready for a new beginning? Are you ready for a new beginning tonight? Are you ready for a new start? A do-over? A rebuild? Come on, stand with me tonight. You know, this ain't my offer. The hand of God extends itself to you. 
He that's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. A repentance is an action of turning back to His way, His will, to Him. How many's here for a construction permit tonight? Come on, we want to build it on a rock. I'm opening this altar. I'm, I'm asking you to come. Make application. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to surrender all to you, Father. I want to surrender everything to you. You're leading and you're guiding. I trust you. I believe you, Father. In the name of Jesus.
can we thank the Lord together? Come on, can we thank Him together? Come on, it's a work of His Spirit. It is a work of His Spirit. It is a work of His Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you for new beginning. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the renewing of your spirit. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. Amen. Go into your new week. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.